the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is Misha Dimitruk, NMLS 694427. I am the branch manager at Essex Mortgage here in sunny Santa Cruz. I work all over the Bay Area and throughout the state of California. I'm licensed in California and Oregon. And through Essex Mortgage and my co-associates here at the company, I am able to help finance real estate dreams across most of the country. It is a pleasure to be with you once again today. And this show is designed for you, our listeners, to ensure that you have all the cutting edge information to achieve your real estate goals, to understand the flexibility within the financing opportunities for you as a buyer, for your primary residence, for a second home, for an investment property, whether you're establishing your real estate portfolio or expanding on something you already have. There are going to be tips and tricks that are relayed in this show that are going to help you get where you need to go. If you have comments, questions, concerns, if you have a transaction that's taken a little bit of a sideways turn, please reach out to me. My phone number is 831-435-0385. My email, Misha, M-E-S-H-A, at EssexMortgage.com. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. The world of real estate financing is always changing. And for those of you who follow the show, we talk about this sort of perpetually because there are always going to be ebbs and flows to the market and there are going to be ebbs and flows to the financing availability. Now, the big hot button issue in in the Bay Area is really twofold at this point. It is limited supply and increasing mortgage rate. The limited supply and increasing mortgage rate, however, have not stifled the growth of property values and the purchase price that's being achieved on sales throughout the greater Bay Area. We are seeing a higher median price home throughout all of the nine counties in the greater Bay Area, Santa Cruz, Monterey, and San Benito counties than we have seen in history. And for sellers, that's an amazing thing. Unless you're looking to be a seller who turns around and wants to be a buyer in that same neighborhood. And I'm having a lot of conversation with people about how do I parlay the equity that I've gained in my current property into something new? And that is something that we will touch on here a little bit later in the show. For the moment, we're going to go back to last week's challenge. For any new listeners to our show, we do a weekly challenge that's really designed for you, the listeners, to reach out to me and give me the feedback based on how the challenge affects you, provides you with information 
gives you tips and tricks that really benefit you on the long term. So last week's challenge was really about understanding the importance of achieving and maintaining your credit scores. Because I get a lot of calls from people saying, no, I'm stuck in this credit rut and I don't really know how to get to a better place with it. And I would really love to be in the upper 700s where I'm stuck hovering in the mid 600s. And so I I fielded a call from Daniel from Berkeley. Thanks, Daniel. Daniel has been listening to the show for quite some time. He said, by following the three accounts, active use and paying each one after spending, he is up 75 points consistently. He said it's been up 75 points for more than seven months now. And he could not be happier because he's taken what he was paying in cash, running it through his credit cards and affording himself that extra step to achieve the financing goals that he wishes. Now, in that 75 points, he's gotten to refinance his auto loan, which gave him a better interest rate. He's gotten into a better home with a higher price point because all of the interest rates on his credit cards, he was able to renegotiate because he had a better credit score. So it's definitely beneficial to follow these steps. Now, Amir called because he had been following this show for the last year. He said when he first got in, he was in the upper 500s. And he didn't know what he was doing wrong. He was using one card and paying it at the end of every month and was using most of the balance every single month with the plan of not exceeding more than 49% of the available balance at any point over the month and having two other additional cards at least. He's now happily in the mid 700s. And he said he has five cards now that he's managing. He's chosen the rewards that he gets and he uses them based on the rewards that they leverage for him. He said he smartly went out, made sure that any time that he was paying an annual membership fee, that membership fee was in line with what it was he would get of benefit from the card. And he could not be happier with his credit. Lucinda gave a call over my use it or lose it, that it's the exercising the credit muscle comment. And she said it really became a family conversation for her because they, in their family, debt was considered very bad and a very negative thing, although it was required. And having a good credit score was imperative to the entire family's ability to have success financially. But none of them had been prepared for how to manage debt, how to use debt to their advantage and how to leverage themselves appropriately so that they could gain the credit scores that they really deserve to have based on their credit history of paying for things on time. So Lucinda said it became an absolute conversation, roundtable discussion with all her and her adult children about how they hadn't talked about debt and how they had really fallen back on the uh, the older generation's ideology about debt and that they had a really great conversation about the changing of the times, the necessity of managing debt to have a solid credit score because so much in life is based on this. Her youngest is just getting out of college and really wanting to take over ownership of all of their expenses. And one of those things was the cell phone bill that they'd been on their parents' account for years on end. They went out, tried to get the cell phone bill in their own name and found out because they had no credit, they could not get it without putting a deposit down. And their their minds were blown. The whole family was not prepared for understanding that in their early 20s, because they had not taken out any type of debt yet, they didn't have any credit worthiness. 
So this is a, a conversation that you know, I've, I've offered to provide this information to outgoing high school seniors, because it is something that happens to a lot of kids when they get into their first years of college. They show up on campus, and one of the first things that they run into is a credit card salesman saying, hey, no problem, we'll offer you a, a credit card, and you can run yourself up, and we'll figure out how to pay it off later. Don't worry about it. So they don't learn how to have healthy debt habits, and they don't learn how to manage debt successfully, and they don't understand, and this is across all age ranges, folks, the understanding of the importance of how long your credit history actually lasts. So let's have a conversation about that. Credit profiles go back seven full years. So there are times where I'm looking at someone's credit and we're talking about late payments or collections, things that they didn't pay that went into a different status, a derogatory status of not being paid on. And those items actually turn out to last for a really long period of time. A lot of people think that if they just ignore it, that it will eventually go away or that the most recent two years is really all that matters. Your credit score is primarily focused on the most recent two years of history, but anything that's been reporting for the last seven years is part of the factors of how your score is calculated in full. Now, for those people who have collections or accounts that have gone into non-pay status, what happens is oftentimes they are sold to a different collection agency, depending on the dollar amount. If it's a sizable amount of money, it's worth it for the collection agencies to pay a portion of the total balance due to another entity to take over the collecting of that money in hopes that someday they will get paid on some of it. Now, for some people, that means that they had an auto repossession, or I spoke with a gentleman the other day who turned in a vehicle to the dealership because he had lost his job. And they said, just bring it back and, and we'll take care of it. Well, what that will take care of it means is they sent it to auction. And at auction, whatever they got for the price of the car, they paid towards the balance of the loan that was owed and he owed the difference. This was not explained to him. He had no idea. So he was in collection for $8,000 that he thought because he delivered the car back to the dealership that he no longer owed. So these are the types of things that by reviewing your credit on an annual basis at myannualcreditreport.com, which is a free review of your credit profiles um, that is from the bureaus directly, you do not have to pay, it's not a subscription, you get to review your credit history and you get to understand what is attached to your credit score. The understanding of how that determines your rate is something different and something I definitely am here to help you with if you need guidance on understanding how to work through the credit challenges that you have. But in understanding what your most recent two years are and how late payments affect you and credit issues such as collections or charge-offs or repossessions, it really takes understanding each individual account and the entirety of your credit profile. So in conventional home lending, that would be your standard Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, USDA loans, there are limits to the number of 30-day lates that you can have and still achieve a mortgage. Typically, that is two 30-day lates in a 24-month period and one or one 60-day late, period. In VA financing, for those veterans out there or active duty military, you cannot have a mortgage late in the last 12 months at all. Zero tolerance there. So understanding how your credit and your credit history 
play into your current score is going to be imperative to you understanding how you're going to achieve success going forward, but also understanding that your credit score is a numeric depiction of your understanding borrow and repay. If you have accounts that you've borrowed on and you did not repay, and you did not repay on time every month, making that payment before any type of late fee was incurred, you will likely be penalized with late payments. Oftentimes, people are concerned when they find out that they didn't have a grace period on their credit cards. You're unlike a mortgage where you have a grace period and you'll have a charge that's due if you pay after a certain number of days. But as long as you are not 30 days late on the payment, it doesn't have adverse effect on your credit. With a credit card, just as much as with an auto loan or an installment loan, they notify you every 30 days the payment is due exactly the same and you do not have a grace period. If that payment is due on the 5th, you must pay it by the 5th every single month without fail or you will be dinged with a 30-day late on your credit profile. So there are lots of little pieces to the credit that people need to understand in order to achieve their highest credit scores. And credit is going to be something that just continues to become a huge part of how people gain financial success and freedom by achieving the lowest financing rate and the widest array of options. If you need more guidance on this topic, or if you have specific questions or concerns, please reach out to me and let me know how I can help. We're going to take a break and we'll be back here in just a moment. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Okay, so we, we've talked about the importance of credit and credit score and how the overall credit conundrum is if you don't have good credit, you don't have an opportunity or you have diminished opportunity. So what does that mean in today's market? Does that mean if you don't have good credit or if you don't have any credit that you just have no ability? And the answer is emphatically no. There are programs out there that allow for no credit score to be utilized in the qualification. Now, the deficit to this is that they are typically adjustable rate loans, but they have longer term adjustable rate loans, such as a seven-year arm, which is fixed for the first seven years and then adjusts annually thereafter. So for those of you out there who do not have established credit or your credit profile is thin, meaning you don't have enough credit to generate yourself a good score, but you have the cash to be able to make a down payment and you have the income to be able to support that payment. Know that there are financing options out there that will allow you to capture a property, vacation home, second home, owner-occupied, investment property, whatever your utilization for the property is, is available to you even if you have no credit score. Now, I'll say it again, and we're not talking about um, hard money lending, you know, double-digit interest rates but definitely affordable rate, reasonable amount of financing to overcome the challenge of not having active credit. Minimum down payment, 20% down. Some even allow for you to have a 10% second. Now, there are very few seconds that will lend to people with zero credit, um, but there is the opportunity for that if that is the opportunity that is your wheelhouse. So if you have a credit challenge, if you don't have a credit score, if you pay cash for most things and you're just coming to the realization that credit needs to be part of your everyday thought process when it comes to your finances in order to support the lifestyle that you want, but you're just not there right now. And there's a property that you don't want to miss out on, or you're looking at making an acquisition, but you're really struggling to find somewhere that will accept you without that credit score. I'm here to tell you 
there are flexible financing options available and they are extremely reasonable. So give me a call, 831-435-0385, and we will talk about all of the availability. One of the things that people run into very frequently when they have a credit challenge is that they don't realize that a credit issue, such as late payments, charge-offs, collections, these things happen to a lot of people. But overcoming bad credit is more difficult than establishing new credit. Imagine, if you will, level ground. Level ground is ground zero, flat in front of you. And from there, you get to build. That's someone with no credit. And you're building, you're adding to the blocks, getting elevated as you go up and as you take steps in a forward motion. If you have credit challenges, you're basically starting in a hole. And you first have to fill in the hole, and get back to level ground. And that takes time. And there are processes that are in place that require that you wait certain periods of time. And that's based on the, the bureaus. It's not necessarily based on you know, what we would like to have happen. But there are ways to champion some of these challenges, specifically when it comes to derogatory accounts that have charged off in collections. The advice I always give people is talk to the creditor. Ask if you can negotiate to remove the late from your credit profile if you pay them. Oftentimes collection companies are willing to negotiate with people when they get to pay the balance in full. And paying the balance that's owed in full oftentimes will result in the ability to get a letter that says we're going to remove this derogatory information from your credit profile. We in the lending institution can now take that letter and do what's called a rapid rescore. The rapid rescore takes that letter, goes directly to the bureaus, and within five to seven business days, removes that negative information from your credit profile permanently. And that means that your credit score is now recalculated as if that other account was never part of it. And it's definitely the opportunity for you to take what you have now and improve upon it. So if you have collections, if you have charge-offs, if you have accounts that have gone into a negative status, but you have the cash to settle the account, definitely attempt to negotiate for a deletion letter, a removal of derogatory information. Get that letter in writing. They will obviously tell you that they'll handle it and it can take up to 90 days to process it. But with that letter, and if you are seeking to make a purchase in this type of environment, you don't have 90 days. Get that letter allow the lender to do a rapid rescore. There is cost associated with doing it, but the benefit is that you get to have the interest rate that you deserve with that credit score being in a much improved place. And if you're not able to get the deletion letter, then negotiate for what it is that you're going to be paying because once that collection or derogatory account refreshes on your credit report, it will be the most recent information associated with your report and it'll be categorized as a collection or derogatory information, and your credit score is likely to come down a little bit because you have addressed that account primarily. So if you have more questions, go ahead and give me a call. We'll be back in a moment. We're going to take a break. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. Uh, right. A topic that is near and dear to all of our hearts, and this is stress. Anyone out there feeling stressed these days of just managing it all? Well, one of the things that I deal with with all of my clients and with clients on the whole and, and people buying, selling, refinancing, everyone talks about the stress of things and how there is so much paperwork. 
there's so much information that is had out there and pertaining specific to a transaction, specific to a property. If you are a buyer who has put in more than three offers, you've read hundreds of pages of disclosures, likely. You have had to be coached, hopefully by your professional realtor, on what is important information for you to understand? What deserves more digging, more research, what you need to get smarter on, and the validity of the sources that you're getting this information from. So one of the things that I like to have conversation with all buyers in the pre-approval process and all clients who are refinancing at the very, very beginning is there will be a lot of papers for you to sign. Let's review them up front so that there are no surprises. All of the documents that you get at, a, at the actual closing where you sign all the final figures appear at the initial disclosure period with the exception of very few. And those are really important documents to discuss at the closing, the note, the deed, all of this information that is specific to the loan that you've taken in the property. But in advance of that, there are legitimately what could be you know, hundreds of pages, a hundred pages solid of disclosure that are information and facts and figures that really are important for you to understand. Throughout the process, the disclosures that are issued to people are typically in this day and age done through electronic signature. And the deficit of that, while it's much easier and user-friendly to click, 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 and you've signed 100 pages in two minutes, is that when you're finished, you download the package. But how many people actually go back and read the package or have someone walk them through the package and give you a synopsis of what it is that each of those documents actually tells you? It's really important for you to understand because on the front side of things, this is about your rights and privileges as a consumer. This is about the information that is going to be shared about you, how you're going to be um, analyzed as far as your qualification and what information has been provided about you. Even reviewing the information about your personal details. I have dealt with clients over the years who, although we have this conversation up front, when we get to the closing, they'll call the husband or the wife that I hadn't spoken to originally calls and says, Misha, I didn't want to say anything at the time, but that income on the application, that, that doesn't look like what I take home every month. I didn't want to say anything though. And then I tell them that everything in this industry is based on before tax and before deduction figures. So while I appreciate that that's not what they get in their paycheck and take home, that is the eligible income used for qualification. And there are so many of those aha moments that happen after the closing but they didn't understand at the time, they became nervous and stressed because they weren't well-informed up front. So all of those electronic documents, they are your friends. And thankfully, you're not getting hundreds of pages of paper in your mailbox every time you turn around. But for those buyers out there, in addition to reading all the disclosures on the property that you're potentially putting in an offer, you also wanna understand getting into the loan process. Once you have a live application and disclosures have been issued, Take the time to review the documents that are issued to you. Have a conversation about what each of those documents means. If they're going to repeat information at the closing, will the figures change? Will the information be different? Or are they informative? Are they telling you about your rights and privileges in the process? There's a lot going on in there. And the expert that you work with is destined and designed to be your advocate in learning that information, understanding that information, and supporting your rights and privileges throughout the entire process and after. If you have questions about documents that you have signed, 
you can always contact your loan officer, you can contact your escrow officer, and you should definitely be having conversation with your realtor about the disclosures and contracts that you are signing. If they're all legal binding documents and you need and deserve to understand what each of them means and what each of them prescribes for you as action to take or to avoid in order to be compliant with the loan or the purchase that you're a party to. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, tiny drum roll, please. Monday, April 18th is tax day. For those of you who have not yet filed your taxes, well, your deadline is quickly approaching. For those of you who have, and for those of you who are self-employed, congratulations. This is your new taxable income that we will be using for calculating your qualification on a full documentation loan. Have you provided those tax returns in order to determine how that affects your qualifying on a loan, a purchase, or a refinance? This is a very important step. Even though those tax documents may have just been sent, may just be in the mail, may have just been electronically submitted, they are your most recent information. And for those people who are in pre-approval, not yet under contract, this is going to be a key factor because tax filing date will come. And if you have not filed an extension, those new taxes are going to be required in order to qualify you for that loan going forward. So let's take a look at what your taxes show and the income that is claimed on your taxes for those self-employed people and how that's going to benefit you in your acquisition of a property. For those of you who don't file your taxes showing large dollars of income, there are still plenty of loan options out there for you. There are bank statement loans that allow us to take the deposits made into a bank account and derive a stream of income from that. There are stated income loans, bank statement loans, stated income loans, and profit and loss only loans that allow for alternative documentation and still very affordable interest rate. These are flexible options available to the self-employed and people whose documentation may not support the income that they know that they can make in order to pay out reasonable mortgage payments. For people who successfully file tax returns that pay limited amounts of tax, but still have high capacity earnings for their businesses, it is considered an opportunity to be able to file and diminish your taxable taxable income with write-offs and deductions. But those write-offs and deductions minimize the actual income that's shown on paper. And if that is the set of circumstances that you're in, in order to avoid tax or in order to avoid a tax bill, know that you have not just stifled your opportunity to secure real estate financing. Um, Some people really will take the the very firm position that they shouldn't be paying any tax because they pay in sales tax and all these other forms of taxation, and um, they want to minimize what it is that they pay based on income. And that's an opportunity that's available to you through the IRS and how the tax laws are written. But does that negatively affect your ability to acquire property with real estate financing? And the answer to that is not necessarily. There are still very competitive rates that are out there that will afford those who choose to file differently. And for some people, it's not even a matter of that their tax returns don't show the income. It's a matter that the taxes themselves are very complicated. 
I worked with a gentleman last week who had seven different corporations, two other additional LLCs and a partnership. His documentation would have taken weeks for him to compile. And he didn't want to is really just the long and the short of it. We probably could have extracted plenty of income because they were all successful businesses, but he just legitimately didn't have the patience and the tolerance for it. And so we opted for an alternative documentation loan. And he was actually able to get under contract, order the, we ordered the appraisals on a rush, and he was able to close on these alternative documentation loan in a matter of 17 days. Now, here in the Bay Area, one of the biggest impacts that we have is getting an appraisal completed because appraisers are impacted and they're just exhausted. They're just not motivated by money at this point. And so even though the price point is high, they're not offering rapid turn times like we used to be able to achieve three, five, seven days. Now, if we can get an appraisal back in under 10 days, that's, it's really a press and it's a great benefit to our clients. Um, so having that information and the ability to understand your flexibility is definitely going to be key. This gentleman had been working with another lender and for three months they had battled back and forth about how much paperwork he hadn't given and how he needed that in order to get him the best opportunity. And lo and behold, three months went by and he hadn't been able to even put in an offer on a property because he hadn't gotten his paperwork in line. And it was really the paperwork that was the, the buffer to him achieving his goals. I had a conversation with him, talked about the flexible lending options that are out there to him. We discussed the rate benefit for him and the ability for him to close quickly and smoothly. He was on board and in contract within three days. So I can tell you right now that for those of you who are looking at your taxes or even you're working on preparing your taxes and you know you're going to be filing an extension, if the opportunity is available to you to make a purchase, an acquisition, a refinance even, and the documentation is not ready, or does not support what it is that you need it to say on paper in order for you to make that type of transaction successful, there are still plenty of alternative options out there that are affordable and flexible. We just need to have a conversation to determine what's the best product for you. So for those of you who haven't filed tax returns yet, understand that the option for you to extend is there with your CPA and with your tax preparer, um, but also even if you have filed your taxes or if you filed them a while ago, if you haven't provided them over to your lender in order to get that formal pre-approval with the most current information, do that now. Do it today. Make sure you know, you let them know that they have been filed already. If they've been filed electronically, you may also need to provide that evidence that they've been filed electronically. If you sent them a return receipt and sent them in the mail, please do make sure that you check your mailboxes for these. The IRS is dramatically backed up in providing transcripts. You will sign a document in your disclosure package that with most traditional full documentation loans tells you that we are going to pull a copy of the tax transcripts that the IRS has. A copy of those tax transcripts is a, a digital breakdown of what it is the documents you filed with the IRS say. That way we can substantiate that the tax returns that you gave to us for qualification are the same as you were filing with the IRS. This is a standard practice throughout the industry, and it is just the same as verifying that the employment and the income that you're stating is on the pay stubs that you've provided and is validating your qualification. All of these steps are to ensure that you are not a risk 
and that the loan that's being offered to you is based on valid information. So this is not singling anyone out. It's done across the board on every loan uh, where documentation is required. So if you have a question about what happens to your information or how it's validated, please let me know. We can discuss that more. We're going to take a break here and in just a minute, we'll come back and talk about mortgage rates and where are they now? It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right, Barry Era. So before we took a break, we were going to talk about mortgage rates because, of course, this is an item that is imperative in all of the financing because it really determines how much you can borrow and what your payment is. For those of you who remember, we're, we're not going to dig into the way deep past, but 2005 to 2010, the market was booming. Buying was at another all-time high. Values had not been higher in the Greater Bay Area as they were in 2005, 6, 7, and 8. But the interest rate was higher than we're looking at right now. And it was not a deterrent then. We were talking about the sixes and sevens in those periods of time for a lot of buyers. And yet, hand over fist, buyers were signing up to buy property get their foot in the door, and get their stabilized housing payment. For those people who stayed in those properties and who took advantage of that buying power at that time, those people have gained hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. Now, we all know what happened in the 09, 08, 09 implosion of the market. And a lot of people walked away from properties because of perception, because they didn't perceive that the value of their property was still there, because their Zestimate showed that they were at the same point as what they owed in value or even less. I'm here to remind you your property has value twice when you buy and when you sell. Everything else is perception. And so the perception was that they didn't have enough equity in their properties, and lots of people walked away, not because they didn't have financial ability to maintain the payment, but because they didn't think it was a worthy investment. Turn to today. And those people see the benefit of the staying power of sticking with their housing payment, not only sticking with their housing payment for the benefit of equity, but sticking with their housing payment for the stability of their housing payment. So for those of you who have said, oh, my gosh, you know, the rates are going so much higher and I just don't know if I can afford this anymore. We need to have a really detailed conversation about what it is that you are looking to achieve in the market. Because for a lot of people, the benefit and ability are still there. So let's talk about today's challenge. Today's challenge, I'm talking to those homeowners who have thought that they were going to refinance, waiting for the bottom, and maybe feel like they have missed it. Taking a look at your overall financing is still a good idea. And for a lot of people, refinancing is not out the window. If you have a home equity line of credit, if you have high interest debt, if you need a project completed around your property, if you're looking to leverage the equity in your home in order to make another purchase acquisition, refinancing now could definitely be the key, but it's going to be based on your specific criteria. So your brother and your cousin and your hairdresser and the the barber that your neighbor went to, they don't have the information that's specific to your individual financial needs. And they don't have the ability to tell you if this makes dollars and cents for you. So I'm asking that everyone get your information together, get with your 
best loan professional, call me directly, 831-435-0385, and let's talk about the options that are available to you. There are still plenty of flexible financing options, and mortgage rates are still historically low. We want to make sure that everyone understands where we are and the opportunity that's on the table for them still to acquire property, finance their property effectively, and minimize their overall monthly debt obligations. These are all things that can be achieved with specific review of your individual details. So please let me know how we can help. As always, your calls and your comments are really wished and desired. I would love to know how the information that this is, show is presenting to you helps you or um, aids you in understanding a situation better, or if there's something else that I can bring to the format that would allow you to have more growth in your financial freedom. 831-435-0385, M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com. We'll be uh, back next week. Be well and stay healthy, Bay Area. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.